so critically acclaimed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. I'm Laura, and this week we're doing a little special part three because, of course, it's about two shows. So if you guys remember a little while ago in the fall of 2020, I did three consecutive weeks of like girl boss type shows, and those were Emily in Paris, Younger, and The Bolt Type. Now, to me, these three shows are very similar because they follow the same premise of, you know, a young woman, usually in her 20s, living in some exciting city, exploring her career and her social life and her love life. And in my mind, they just live like in the same world and subgenre of TV and everything. It also helps that Darren Starr created both Emily in Paris and Younger, as well as Sex in the City, which fits this model as well. I've just never seen that, but that's a whole different thing. So because of that, I thought that I would combine their part threes for the bold type and younger especially because they both just aired their last seasons. Um, It also makes the episode of the podcast a little bit longer since, of course, Younger's last season was only 12 episodes and the bold type's last season was only six episodes. Um, So with that being said, a final reminder of what a part three is because I know it's been a little bit since then, but a part three is basically... um, an additional version of the podcast, not an additional version, like another episode of the podcast giving new updates on the show and where it is. So for Younger and the Bold Type, I had watched them last year. I mean, Younger I had binged last year and the Bold Type I have been watching live since it premiered. And so I discussed both of them already in the fall and I did both a part one and a part two. And so the part one is for people who haven't seen the show and it just gives you an overview of how I found the show, who is in it, what's it about, and you know why you might like the show. And then part two always accompanies part one. And that is me sharing all of my opinions about things that happened in the show so far. Either the show has already ended and it's my opinions on everything or at that point in time the show hasn't finished but I was recapping everything that had happened until then. So the point is that now a lot of the shows that I've already done are having new seasons um, or are finishing so there's new things to talk about and that's where the part three comes in. So with that being said I'm going to start with Younger. So just a little reminder that I watched Younger last year. I had always heard about it and I knew Hilary Duff was in it, but I never knew how to watch it. Like, I think I knew it was on TV land, but I didn't know what like channel that was and stuff. And by the time I did, I was obviously a few seasons behind and I had no way of catching up. So then when I found out it was on Hulu, I was like, yes, done. I'm doing this. And I binged it very quickly. I watched six seasons in like two weeks and Now And then I was just waiting for the very last one. And I kind of hate it when that happens because I always felt like you're just joining the fandom and you only just got caught up, but then it's ending and you don't get that much more. And I think it was, like I said, extra upsetting because I binged the show. So even though there were six seasons, I was done with it in two weeks. Um, But anyway, on to season seven. I actually waited it out until all 12 episodes were available and binged it over a weekend. I just felt for a show like Younger where I originally watched six seasons in two weeks and the episodes are really short to begin with, it was just worth the wait because otherwise waiting an episode to episode like every week was going to be too, like it wouldn't have worked. Um, And then as soon as I did start watching the show though, I felt a little confused. Like there was no previously on Younger, which... I was upset about because I really needed a refresher. 
I mean, it makes sense that they didn't do it because none of the episodes from the previous seasons did. But in all fairness to anyone who is watching it live, season six finished airing in September of 2019. So that was basically a year and a half to remember everything because, you know, COVID obviously pushed it. And then for me, Grand and I watched the whole show much more recently than 2019. But I watched it so quickly and I've watched so much since then that my brain is just oversaturated with plot lines. But despite all that, I obviously remember the major cliffhanger of season six of, you know, Charles proposing Eliza and knew that that would then be the main focus for the last season. So now let's get into the details. For starters, they obviously wrote off Zane and Diana, which was definitely a cop-out. And I wonder if it was because A, Charles Michael Davis and Miriam Shore, who played Charles, um, who excuse me, not Charles, who played Zane and Diana, um, couldn't make it to set for some reason, like, you know, based on where they were located during the pandemic, they couldn't travel, I don't know, or B, if the writers slash producers or whoever, you know, is in charge needed to cut down the cast size and the crew size. So they were like, eh, let's just, you know, choose these two characters. And that, of course, gets rid of two people on the show, as well as, you know, any people that were needed to accompany these characters, such as these actors' personal assistants or their agents or managers or whoever comes with them. And it also requires, you know, less trailers, less PAs, less makeup, hair and makeup people, less wardrobe people. Granted, it's only two cast members, so how much of an impact could it be? But, you know, maybe they had a quota, like they had to limit it to like 30 people or something. You never know. But anyway, I know majority of the fans loved Diana, and from what I read online, they were really disappointed that she was just cut off, like cut out, and they only gave her that little Zoom scene. Personally, I liked her, but at that point in the plot, like Diana got her happy ever after with Enzo, and she would have only been another supporting character in all the other storylines, so she wouldn't, and she wouldn't have gotten her own, so it's like, meh, it's not that big of a deal. As for Zane, I never liked his character, so I was totally fine with him being off the show. Um, and I also hated seeing how insecure Kelsey was about Zane's success and questioning her own the entire season. Like, that was just not her. Um, and then, I'm sure she was in the earlier seasons too, but I just felt like, especially this season, Lauren was absolutely hilarious. Every time she spoke, I laughed. And I especially love her friendship with Josh. Like, they were just so great together. Speaking of Josh, it was really weird to see his baby mama, Claire, aka Daphne from Bridgerton. Like, I had watched Younger way before Bridgerton, obviously, and I feel like Claire didn't stand out enough to then notice it while I was watching Bridgerton, but the other way around, it's very weird. And about Claire, she had more of a storyline this season than Josh did, which I will get to Josh at the end and discuss the importance of that, but that was definitely off to me. Then, in all honesty, before season 7 aired, I wasn't too excited to watch, even though I remembered loving it in the fall when I watched it, and then um, when I would tell people, like, oh, what's an underrated show? Like, watch Younger, watch Younger, but when I would think about it, it's like, oh, did I really enjoy it? I don't know. But then when I finally watched season 7, I kept saying to myself, wow, I forgot how much I like this show. And I felt like a big part of that was because of the publishing aspect like, I always really enjoyed how every episode was about a different book deal or pitch or something, and they were always such unique and cool books. So it was, like, really interesting to see these different areas of the publishing world. I will say, though, that the climate change parody of Greta Thunberg was a bit too much for me. 
Um, and then the Kai sex book was so explicit. And Charles was really digging the knife into Liza when he said, seems like you had fun. Like, there was just so much animosity between the two of them at the beginning. And it was so frustrating. Like, can't you just be civil and get back together, please? Um, also, they did such a bad job hiding Hillary Duff's pregnancy. Like, it was so obvious. I really noticed it because I had been watching Dynasty around the same time, and Daniela Alonzo, who plays Crystal in Dynasty, was pregnant in real life, and she's normally, like, a stick figure, like, super thin, so when she came on screen, her face was so much rounder, and I was like, oh, she's totally pregnant, so then I started paying attention to how they were filming her scenes, you know, it was always the waist up, they always had objects in front of her, and whatever, so then when I was watching Younger, I didn't know like Hillary Duff was pregnant in real life, but you and you couldn't tell from her face on the show. But then I just started to notice because they were doing a bad job filming her. You know, they would show her whole body and her clothes didn't fit like in a way to hide her pregnancy. Like I was like, how could you not tell? But then speaking of clothing, Liza's whole wardrobe this season was absolute perfection. And it, it's just so great because thinking back to like the earlier seasons when she was trying to be 26, like her wardrobe was all over the place and so weird. But now it's just like so clean and pretty and I loved it. Um, other random things, when Liza's daughter came and said she was a troublemaker, I was like, um, how did they get away with that? Like at Pitch Perfect. I also loved the comparison Quinn made to Liza about the Baroness and Maria from The Sound of Music. Like, that just fit well. And I didn't say anything about Quinn up until this point, but, like, I hated her character when she was bad. I hated her character when she was quote-unquote good. I just hated her character all around. Speaking of music, I really loved the musical number, which was surprising because I feel like anytime there's a musical episode of a show, I usually hate it, especially if it's original music. But this I loved, like it was such a cool concept. And as soon as Liza read the little show description on the table, I 100% knew Liza was gonna be a character. Cause like that's why they invited um, her and Charles. Now as for the overall plot lines of the characters and like wrapping up the whole series, for Lauren, I really thought they were going to put her with the doctor, but in a way, even though she didn't get her um, like typical happy ever after and end up with anyone, I think Lauren still did get a happy ending because she's always been all about being unapologetically herself. So then seeing that that helped somebody else accept who they are, that was definitely everything to her, in my opinion. Then as for Maggie, I realized I didn't say anything about her up until this point, but honestly, what's there to say? It was pretty predictable with the whole Dean taking her down on Twitter and then they were going to end up together. Like, I just didn't really care for the storyline. As for Kelsey, like I mentioned beforehand, I hated how insecure she became and how we got introduced to a whole new love interest for her, only for it to end horribly. But I am really glad with how things ended for her. And I'm so upset, though, that there's the spinoff about her character isn't happening anymore. If you remember in my part two of Younger, I mentioned that, that they were working on a, a spinoff. But apparently they said that's kind of like dead and they're not doing it anymore, which is really upsetting because I am obsessed with Reese Witherspoon and her brand Hello Sunshine. And I know it wouldn't have been the real company and Reese probably wouldn't have been in the show, but it still would have been really cool to like see Kelsey living out in LA in this like fictionalized version of it. I think it would have been really fun. 
And then, and then as for the major plot line, what everything boiled down to, the love triangle, was Liza going to pick Josh or pick Charles? So this love triangle is actually one of the very few, if not the only one, honestly, where I actually like both suitors and could see the person in the middle with both of them. Personally, I did like Liza and Charles more because they just made so much sense together, they had so much in common, and had great chemistry. Now, I know majority of the fan base, fan base was Team Josh because they thought the whole show was about being bold and going outside of your comfort zone and changing things. So why would Liza end up with the appropriate suitor who's, you know, her age and has this typical job and not Josh who was way younger, very, like, you know, he's a tattoo artist. He's extremely different than her. But then what happened? She got back together with Charles only to end things shortly after, which was fair because she was feeling like, you know, she was being tested and she didn't like that. And then she ends up back in the bar from the very beginning talking to Josh. Now, they're not together, but he made this whole speech about how he's been right here all along, and that is obviously a callback to the whole season because he had no other storyline for himself. You know, all he had was that little thing with that publicist or whoever, but that ended really quickly. And he really was just being part of the girl squad the whole time and supporting Liza. So I'm sure fans are choosing to believe that they end up back together somehow. And I did like, you know, the callback from the first episode and the last episode of how Liza and Josh met. But the way I see it is the show was always about Liza and her career, how everything she did was to get a life of her own in this world. And that's exactly what she did by ultimately becoming the editor-in-chief of Imperial. And so I was honestly torn in how it ended because there wasn't like a clear winner to the love triangle but like the more adult understanding me is like appreciating the concept of you know the show being more than just the love triangle and about the relationships so moving on let's talk about the second show um of this part three and that is of course the bold type so this discussion is probably going to be much shorter because well there are half as many episodes For starters, it was very disappointing that there were only six episodes. Like, that's not a way to end a whole series. Um, The one thing I want to talk about just before getting into each of the three girls and their storylines is just Alex. Saying goodbye to him was so sad. And also, I thought it was done pretty early on. But I guess two things came out of that. One, again, that meant one less actor on set to um, deal with, so easier for COVID. And two, I guess they needed to space it out. So Alex's goodbye was its own thing separate from Jacqueline's. Um, And Jacqueline's was, of course, going to be the final one because that was such a big deal. So as for our three girls, let's start with Kat. I think it definitely made sense to make her the editor-in-chief of Scarlet. Aisha D, who plays Kat, described it perfectly. She's not bossy, but she's the boss. Like, Kat is so passionate about what she wants to accomplish and inspiring all, um, those, pro- like, all those projects that she always came up with, like, that she did throughout the show. She is really the one that matched Jacqueline's style. And I also really loved the Don't Turn Away campaign and seeing how she was able to start with that viral video baking something using 
like different ingredients. Like that was so clever. And I think she would be a great editor-in-chief. But at the same time, I definitely think at times it was a bit real, bit unrealistic how Kat does all these things without thinking of the consequences. And then she rarely ever faces any. I mean, yes, she got fired from Scarlet when she... What did she do again? She, like, released documents or something from RJ? I don't remember. But then how she did the tr- projections on the bell and got fired but then got herself out of it. I don't know, it just seems really unrealistic, like this would never happen in the workforce. And if you guys remember in part two of The Bold Type, I went through some of the things that were realistic and unrealistic about the show that I read in like some article. Um, So if you want to refresh your memory on some of those, you can listen to part two. Um, And then as for Adina, it was pretty obvious that Adina and Kat would find themselves back together. Like they were definitely that couple that is introduced early on and they're great together. Everyone loves them. But of course they break up because, you know, you can't have the relationship go on throughout the whole show. That would be boring and they need drama. Um, But, you know, you always knew they would go their separate ways. They would grow individually. And by the end of the show, you just knew that they would find their way back to each other again. And I'm glad they did because I really like them and how they showed us so much about a world that isn't usually shown on TV. Then as for Jane, going with what I said about Kat, it 100% made sense that Jane was an editor-in-chief. Like, yes, she's a writer, so naturally you think that's who is editor And she always had that biggest bond with Jacqueline, but she was already struggling to manage and inspire two people. So how on earth was she going to do that with an entire company? And speaking of that team, the guy, what was his name? I think it was Scott, who had a thing with Jane really quickly, and then he quit because he couldn't work as her subordinate while he had feelings for her. But I was so confused because I thought he left because of his feelings so they would at least date and just not work together. Like... I just didn't understand. It was kind of like, what was the point of that? Um, And then as for the end of Jane's story, we got to see Ryan again and give us and Jane that closure. So that was nice. And then, of course, she has a new guy, the bodyguard. So I could totally tell from um, that scene when she first is trying to get into the room that they were going to go there. But the fact that on their first date, Jane invited him inside and they slept together before they even went out. That was so unlike Jane. Like it went against every single thing they had already built up for her character and her whole personality. And I mean, my only thought for why they did this was that they were finally showing Jane let go a little and just not overthink like she said. Um, And she was doing that in literally every aspect of her life from her love life to then her career of leaving Scarlet to travel the world. People did say she could have gotten away with um, like traveling the world and writing about all these different places and people. They could have got she couldn't have gotten she could have gotten away with that while still working at Scarlet like they could have paid for her travel and everything and given her a salary on top of it. But I guess the whole idea was that she needed to leave her safety net like she said. Um, And as for I just want to sneak in the whole Jacqueline leaving. I'm really glad that it kind of was expected that that was how the show was going to end, especially with the like promos for this season saying with Jacqueline saying like, I'm not the future of Scarlet, you are. And it was like pretty obvious, but I was really happy for her and I just love her and she's so inspiring and I just don't understand how. Okay, last but not least, Sutton, my favorite character. Sutton went through the ringer this season. I mean, for starters, confronting the whole drinking situation and what that meant for her, given her mom, was so important, and I'm really glad that they showed that. 
And I'm glad that they showed her going to therapy because I feel like the bold type was always praising being open about everything going on and talking to your friends who are like your family about everything. But they had never shown therapy, which I always felt matched the show so well. So it's kind of like, why haven't they done that yet? Especially like in, you know, the 21st century and now like it's so common people go to therapy all the time. Like it's not as taboo, I feel like, as it was a long time ago. So for this show being, I can't say woke, I just don't. But like basically for that reason, it was kind of surprising that they had never touched on that topic until now. Um, And so like I said, finally Sutton was so brave while going through it. As for her and Richard, I was so surprised that they ended up together in the end. Like, yes, they played out this whole love story between the two of them, and I shipped them so hard. But at the end of the day, they disagreed on having children, and that's a major point of contention that neither party should feel forced to change their mind about. I mean, obviously Sutton wanted to feel like she was enough for a change and that Richard didn't need children to be happy, but at the same time, she knew what children meant to him, and how he would be an amazing father. And I really thought they would go their separate ways. And that scene in the second to last episode when they were like holding hands and saying how much they loved each other, I made a TikTok about this because I just was, it was what I was thinking at that moment. Olivia Rodrigo's happier in like that song just matched that scene so well. Granted, there's no other girl. I mean, unless you want to think of like the child, but it was just so like, so beautiful I don't even know loss of a word it's like it just matched so perfectly but like I was saying I really thought they would go their separate ways considering this show has always been about showing the raw truth of your 20s and life in general so it would have hurt but it would have made sense to see that it's not always a happy outcome and even though you love someone it doesn't always work out and I definitely have been upset about that in other shows when couples haven't like, you know, haven't stayed together and the whole idea as well. They want the show to have a realistic element and show that, you know, life isn't always happy endings and you can love someone and it's not always enough. Um, So, yeah. But nonetheless, they did end up together even though it actually wasn't supposed to happen apparently. Apparently, Sutton and Richard were supposed to part ways and the actors were upset about it considering this whole love story that was built and where they thought the characters were meant to be and, you know, what they thought about the love between them. But then the writers changed it like the night before they filmed. So it's kind of crazy. And then as for my final thoughts on the show, I loved it and how it always came back to friendship and the best moment of the series finale, 100% was the three of them screaming on the street to mirror the very first episode when they were screaming in the subway and they were even wearing the exact same colors. In the series finale, they're wearing three different colored coats to mirror the three different colored dresses of um, the series premiere. So job well done on that part, Freeform. But otherwise, that is all for Younger and the Bold Type. We won't be talking about them again. It's sad to see them leave, I guess, and not gonna watch them again. I feel like with Younger, because it was like a binge and I watched like majority of it in such a short period of time, it's not that big of a deal to me. And The Bold Type, I liked it, but it was never like the most memorable favorite show ever where it's like hard to give it up or something, you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, 
Otherwise, um, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Specifically, leave a review because I always want to read feedback from you guys. Um, Also, if you want to give general feedback, be sure to check out the um, suggestion form in the link in my bio. This is a not-so-critically-acclaimed um, like platform-wide suggestion form, so you can suggest uh, shows you want to hear about on the podcast or you know ideas for videos on TikTok or Instagram Reels. Speaking of those, be sure to follow me at Not So Critically Acclaimed both on TikTok and Instagram. Um, and otherwise, I'll be back next week with another show or movie or something special. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. Bye.